And welcome back to the Part-Time Otaku post-show, episode 13, jam-packed episode this week. Um, We kick off by talking about Tarantino's current podcast tour and all the fun stuff that surrounds that, Loki episode 4, and then also just MCU Disney Plus shows in general. Grant gives his review of Odd Taxi now that he's wrapped that up, and then we talk for a solid bit about Mandalorian season 2, which I finally just wrapped up myself. It's spoiler-filled and lengthy, so we hope you enjoy that. We cover quite a bit of anime news, things like To Your Eternity being on hiatus, Tokyo Revengers, and plenty of Demon Slayer stuff. Then Grant gives his review on the new Steven Soderbergh movie called No Sudden Moves, which sounds interesting. And then there is, of course, the announcement of Star Wars Visions, the new anime anthology series, which we're both looking forward to quite a bit. We end the show on Grant's review of the TV show Bosch, which just finished its seventh and final season. Thank you guys so much for listening, and enjoy. Oh, hey, Grant. Hey, Dave. How are things, sir? Good. Good. I want to pick right up from where we left off last week. Okay. We started the show with, like, a weird random rant about, like, Rogan, Both Rogan, and yeah. Tarantino. Sure. I want to talk about like the latter, the more, the funner part of that conversation. Yeah. Tarantino. <laughs> Listening back, I was like, I don't know why I took such a strong stance. Like, it's not even an opinion I care about that much, and I was like, like drilling it down about oh, the no. Rogan stuff specifically. But uh, yeah. I was just looking back. I was like, whatever. <laughs> no, I wasn't. I wasn't harping on you. I no, no, no. Harping on myself. So my thought is that you know. I broke the news last week, quote, broke the news. I was like, yo, Quentin Tarantino is on Joe Rogan. It's a three-hour mm. podcast. I'm like 20 minutes in. It's great. I was mostly excited because Tarantino isn't really known for that kind of stuff. Long-form interviews especially, right? Like, sure. You know, big entertainment, like, I don't know what you would call it, like, AAA Hollywood mm. status. Yeah, 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 You know, they're starting to do, like, podcast things now. But for the longest time, it was, like, you know, late-night eight-minute yeah. interviews with, like, a joke built in. Um, so I was just excited to see a long Tarantino thing. And then you told me, you were like, yo, he also did, what was it, Mark Marin and yeah. Big Picture. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I saw, I ended up seeing later, um, Armchair Expert with Dax Shepard. Yeah, so I didn't realize all their stuff went to Spotify. And I was just like, I don't really, like, follow them on social media. And uh, I was Do like, Armchair? that's yeah, I was like, that's yeah. fucking weird. I haven't seen, like, an episode in a couple weeks. And yeah. I looked into it, and I was like, oh, okay, well, I, that's yeah. that's shitty. I hate that, but it's, yeah. it is what it is. Well, Spotify has it's probably spent in the neighborhood of $500 million mm. in the last, I don't know, 18 months acquiring podcasts. Yeah. You know, Rogan was a fifth of that. They just acquired um, this Barstool podcast called Call Her Daddy for, like, $60 million. Oh. They got, um, obviously, they got Dax Shepard's podcast. Mm. Like they are just gobbling up, sure, podcasts, trying to just make it like a like a Spotify thing. I think. They're definitely grabbing some whales for sure. I think the Ringer Network are they are they Spotify yeah. well, exclusive? Yeah, it's big picture, big but picture? their stuff. Their I think it's just um, like back catalog stuff. At least for the interim mm. is. I think it's like anything past sixty days or prior to right. sixty days is only on Spotify. But the new stuff is like still trickling through. Like once that's the thing, once that's not missing on my app, then I'll have to jump over like fully to Spotify for for podcasts because that's that. like my one of my main rotations is that network. You not a Spotify guy? 
it's just clunky like the podcast section also too like the past couple updates of spotify like it's my for music it's my go-to yeah you know for streaming and all that um but i just haven't been happy with it for the past year but like i'm so embedded like i'm not gonna move away from it like i'm not i'm like i'm not an apple music like i don't have an yeah. iphone it's that platform lock-in too though right like, yeah once you've been in a service for so long for it's sure like- Dude, don't make me leave. Like, yeah, that's exactly what it is. But the the podcast side of it is so. You don't. Like I, it. I I just don't think it's user friendly at all. Like, I use Pocket Casts. Actually, recommendation from you for like yeah. six years ago. Really good app. <laughs> anyway, that's a good. Yeah, app. yeah, great app. But it's so like the we. I'll eventually have to make a migration once more and more shows that I listen to get picked up. But uh, but sorry, we, we totally strayed away from the Tarantino. Yeah, so I ended up checking out your recommendation, and I listened to, I finished the Rogan interview, dude, I don't know what like what it was, or what I was doing in this last week, I just had a lot of time to ingest podcasts, so I listened yeah. to, I think, all of them, maybe not, mm. like, 100% full listens, but I, fin- I listened to the Rogan one, and the Big Picture one, and the Marin one, and I think, like, I'll just echo what you said last week, because I don't want to just say all the things that you said, but sure. it's crazy how different those interviews are yeah. and how, you know, like to come back a little bit on the Rogan stuff, like just how surface level he is, mm-hmm. you know, Rogan's questions are more about like, you know, what was it like to write Pulp Fiction? And like, <laughs> yeah. you know, um, I don't know, how, how, how much of that Kung Fu did you know about in Kill Bill? And there was like some cool tidbits about like Bruce Lee that Tarantino yeah. dropped in that podcast. Stuff sneaks in for sure. Um, but then you go to the Mark Maron podcast and the big picture podcast and it's like, well, he has a relationship with these people and like, yeah. you can tell they're just like a big mutual, like fandom between, mm-hmm. you know, that's, it's just sort of different when people come in admiring each other's work ahead of time. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like there's just so much that's like kind of over my head, particularly about like, you know, the seventies and eighties and all the Manson stuff, just having not grown up with it. Sure. But, like, listening to, like, Marin and Tarantino just go down these rabbit holes. Oh, yeah. Of, like, well, you know, like, you know, that stuff was on the TV when we were kids, and it was yeah. hard to get away from, like, the Manson stuff. Mm-hmm. And, like, hearing it through that lens uh, between them, and that makes you appreciate uh, his most recent movie, uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And then also hearing him just totally geek out on his filmography and just all of his film history stuff that he's into on the big picture podcast was yeah. like so fine so oh, fun. oh my god did you um kind of kind of a sidebar he i think i recommended this to last year or, or maybe two years ago now but he was he was on the Re- the rewatchables podcast which is yep. you know the big picture guys more or less bill simmons and all that and he did three episodes of them back to back uh and it was the same it was the same vibe as when he was just on this like this big picture episode like Everyone is just on the same wavelength of like, you know, like, you know, obviously like there's vastly different, you know, like everyone has their own area of like what they know best and what they love the most and all that. But just watching people come together and just geek out like that's, you know, that's kind of like what we're doing, mm-hmm. you know, like it, it, it's nice to see other people do that, too. It's crazy just, to see them yeah. do that at that level. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's that's a very good point. It, I, I am astounded at Tarantino's ability, just his memory recall, like, mm-hmm. As, you know, we're getting older, and I just feel like that stuff, to be able to, like, quickly recall both old information and new information, that's, like, the hard thing. And I don't yeah. know what to do about that. But, like, he just seems to be able to access 
any piece of random film history within the last 40 or 50 years just mm. within within seconds yeah like it's crazy to hear the Steel big trap. picture oh yeah like hear the big picture guys or Marin. somebody makes a reference like oh well you know do you know this director and usually that's like kind of a leading question that people are like easing you into it in case you don't know and then they can yeah. explain it to you and Tarantino's answer is always like, yeah, actually, he did this and this, and he was inspired by this guy. Like, mm-hmm. he doesn't, like, just miss a beat. It's ridiculous. Yeah. The funny thing is, ironically, that he doesn't really listen, watch his TV. He's, he, like, Dax Shepard brought that up. Oh, really? <laughs> like, Do you see any good TV stuff? He's like, no. Like... But that was things on the big picture. He he brought up a really good point of like the the anti or like the anti binge mm-hmm. mentality, and it was just it was really it was really interesting to hear like a like a clear concise opinion of it. Like usually, yeah. like people are just so like abrasive about it online, whether it's like do what you want, da da da. But just to hear like you know I don't want to say like an intellectual, but someone who's like embedded into the system mm-hmm. to really get into that. I was like, oh, that is. You know, that is interesting. And it's true. Like, how many times have you... You know, we're going to... In this episode, we're going to talk about something that I binged this week. And for different reasons. But, you know, it's... there's There is stuff I missed, I'm sure. You know, mm-hmm. like, all this and that. So, it's really great conversations. Big time. I was a big fan. Uh, and, yeah, like you said, it's really interesting to hear somebody so embedded in the film industry talk about all mm. these changes that are happening. Mm-hmm. And, like, like you said, like, you know, he made Once Upon a Time in Hollywood for $95 million, grossed over $300 million at the box office, which is great. It's mm-hmm. funny how kind of, I don't know if quaint is the right word, but mm-hmm. kind of quaint that is when you look at the MCU and you're just used to half these movies grossing a, a billion dollars. It's crazy because, it, you know, a movie like he made... That was a Titan twenty years ago. Yeah, you know what I mean, and it's and it's still here, and it's funny because it's still making the same amount that it was back then. Yeah. You know, it's it's just it just goes to show what these you know not I guess just I guess block or the new age blockbuster because there's always been blockbusters, but like just this new breed of them, they're just so big, so encompassing. You know, it's it's crazy. Yeah, big it's crazy. Time. So. Yeah, that was Tarantino. They're really good podcasts. I recommend that you check them out if you're a Tarantino fan. Mm-hmm. Just to hear his like pretty concrete opinions on a bunch of stuff. Um, and in long form. Way better than any like late night interview you have ever heard of him, if you're into that kind of thing. Absolutely. Anyway, that was like what I wanted to start the show with. For what sure. do you got, homie? What have you been up to? Well, I'm on holidays, so this is the the reckoning of content, mm. <laughs> or at least the past couple of days have been. But um, I uh, I finished Odd Taxi. I mentioned that to you a couple of weeks oh, ago. Yes. Um, it's it's 13 episodes. Um, probably it's you know it's a little early. I think you and I have been talking. We want to do like a year or like mid year in review at this point. Um, Odd Taxi is I can't get it out of my mind. It's it's really. It was a real treat. It's something I've never really watched. Um, you know, it's it's and, you know, and I it's when we talked about it last time. It's it's not so out of my realm because it's it's kind of touching, kind of like not so quite a, a noir genre, but it's kind of like a thriller. It's a bit of a mystery, very you know, very lighthearted, even though there is like heavy themes into it. But thirteen episodes, completely surprised by the ending, completely caught me off guard. Um, which is, you know, in anime, it's kind of sometimes, you know, unless it's like a big bombastic show where it's meant to, like there's shock value and all that. It's sometimes you can see these things coming like a mile away. And even by the end of it, I was kind of like, oh, 
after it happened, I was like, oh yeah, for sure. Like that is the direction they were going, but still like it caught me off guard. Interesting. It was like, did you, did you end up catching at least the first episode? I think you had mentioned you, you were planning on doing that. I did that. not. No, I'm that's sorry. all right. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I'm still behind on Loki, so. Oh, are you really? <laughs> yeah, oh, big time. Yeah. Nah, um, yeah. What are you going to do? But uh, no, honestly, it's, it's a really, really good show. And it feels weird saying this because we're in the culture. If we want more, we want more, we want more. It's kind of ended, not on a cliffhanger, but the way it ends, there's a chance it's like this is a finite story. And I didn't go looking into the manga or kind of oh, see okay. how many arcs, but the way it ends, it's kind of just like a you know like a quick little flash and it's over. And so it you, kind, you don't know if it's this is a limited series per se, or do I don't. You know? That's the thing. I don't know. Okay. But the, from what I've seen, the way it ended, I think this like this specific story is done. It's mm-hmm. told. And I am completely content with what I had. I'm always going to, I'll rewatch this. This is one of those shows I'll just rewatch this in a couple of years. Oh, you know, okay. just if I have some time, you know, do like a quick little romp. It's like, you know, it's, it, and it's nice to say, that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, you, you finish Attack on Titan, you're like, oh my God, like, give me more, you know? Like, and I watched Odd Taxi. I absolutely adore it. And I'm, I am fine with, I am fine with just it being it, you know? And, and there's not a lot of things you can say. Yeah. Uh, about that so it's I, I i anyone listening i highly recommend the show i know it's a weird it might be for some people it might be a weird point of entry for this type of anime mm-hmm. completely worth it like it's 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 you know it's like um like, this could be a drama on hbo and i said that last time like you could just watch this story mind you they're all animals and some people immediately get turned off by that because it's not realistic but you know like shooting laser beams from your hands is i don't know it's you know you know, you know what i mean movie is still in the collective consciousness <laughs> that that could be it for sure for the creator audiences but no i i really really enjoyed my time with it i'm glad this you know this is pretty much this season other than my hero this is the only show i've been able to actually following week to week like i jumped in like five at the five episode mark give or take mm-hmm. i believe and since then i've been kind of you know watching it week to week more or less and um yeah, just really, really, really nice. good story. Yeah, I wish I feel bad because I haven't touched it, and you mm-hmm. are clearly excited about it. So I think my homework will be I will watch at the very least the pilot, and then uh, and I think I think that would be enough. Too. Yeah, you know, and it's it's nice too, and that's the thing too. The the by the end, like there's little breadcrumbs. Like it's it's a mystery, right? And there's little breadcrumbs along the way, and in some sometimes these shows. You know, there's clearly red herrings, but then there's also they're setting up other things, and then you don't see about it for like three other seasons. They kind mm. of wrapped all those little breadcrumbs up by the end, and that's what kind of makes me think that it's you know it's done. Like they could do another story years later, like do you know like an anthology kind of thing. Sure. With with the brand, I, like, I was thinking of that, but it's uh, no. Like I said, I think I think this could be it, and I'm I'm more than happy with that. It's it was it was really good journey. Nice. I will take a look, but yeah. for now, Odd Taxi. Um, you mentioned Loki in the middle of mm. that. Um, so <laughs> yeah. I think you're on episode two or three. Yeah, I've, I've finished two, yeah. Okay, so I won't spoil anything for you or our listeners, but I will say I'm caught up, though I think like a new episode is probably dropping tonight or tomorrow. It'd be tomorrow night, yeah. Yeah, so I don't really... I can barely remember it, to be frank, but I I remember the ending. I remember some fun twists and turns. Um, 
but it didn't do a ton for me. Like, I've, you know, I'll say that the show in episode four is sort of defining its direction mm-hmm. as a show. Like, you know, no more setup, no more, like, you know, like, world building this. Now this is, like, it's we're just in plot now. Characters yep. are established. They have relationships. And now it's just like, okay, what are we doing here? And how does how are we going to wrap this up? They've got two hours, not even, mm. left to do that. They've made some decisions in the last couple of episodes that are like, you know, uh, I don't know, I would say concrete in their direction. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for better or for worse, like they've picked a lane and we're just going this way now. <laughs> so, you know, I liked it. I wasn't like crazy enthused. I wasn't disappointed. Sure. It's uh, It seems fine so far. Um yeah it is it is it's kind of hard because you know it's it's like i said and we, we talked about this last week you know that, like when i still wasn't caught up mm-hmm. then you know it's it's just one of those shows where like you know for me it's it's on the back burner there's <laughs> the crazy thing is there's not even that much more that i am i'm trying to watch it's it's just it, it didn't grip me to the point where it's oh it's wednesday night i need to watch this you know it's, yeah, it's, it's not, not really a priority you know like wandavision like okay let's go it's thursday night or friday or whatever yeah. I, I think it came on thursdays we watched it on fridays but it's, it, I'm trying to like dissect a little bit without getting into spoilers, and it's hard because you know oh, you can spoil for our listeners. I mean, it doesn't matter. No, 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 no. Like I am going to watch it. And I I do want to see where it's going on my own, and I, I do want to talk about it. But it's there seems to be a lot of like discourse about like it's, there's a lot of like one side like um like is that evident when you watch it that like there's just decisions that blatantly people are like what the fuck you know like that's the, the kind of the yeah. vibe I'm getting from the outside. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, you know. Like, it's, I think what we've, I've noticed, maybe just as part of the lesson of the tr- the transition between movie to TV and not necessarily the other way around, is that it's fucking weird. Mm. And, like, it's hard. You know, you almost have to throw everything out and, like, start over, which is almost what they did in WandaVision. Like, that mm-hmm. WandaVision was so fucking weird that, mm. like, you kind of lost your expectations a little bit of who that character was based off of the movies. They, like, kind of, in that last episode, like, tried to force you to remember, like, oh, but remember, it's Scarlet Witch, and she does Skybeam battles, and ironically, like, bringing that part of the character back was the worst yeah. part of the show. <laughs> For sure. But but I think that Falcon and the Winter Soldier suffered from a similar problem, and Loki is suffering from a sim- similar problem throughout, which is, like, you you have these expectations of these characters, but they've never really been developed a whole ton. And now you have to fill six hours of them. And, like, it's not like, you know, the actors or the writers aren't up to task. It's just that you can tell that Disney is like, okay, but, you know, this still has to look good. And it's like they're just throwing, I would... would Is it a half measure? I would say they're throwing a awkward amount of money Mm. at at these shows because they're, like, the most expensive TV ever made. But they're almost like little movies. But they're not little good movies. You know what I mean? They're, like, little middling better than any tv you've seen and not nearly as good as any marvel movie that you've seen and it's just weird and it suffers from like the typical marvel problem of like you know so much of the actual development is merely set up to other shit yeah (laughs) which is you know the wheels gotta keep turning yeah it's just tricky um like i will say like hiddleston is absolutely killing it um there's an episode in there where you don't see a lot of owen wilson and as a result it makes you 
think like damn i miss owen wilson like they really do have good chemistry the sure. two of them and there's some really great moments between the two of them and uh and the other new characters on the show it's just i think it's a i think the project itself is a difficult task and not necessarily the execution that is the problem mm. you know what i mean like it it may I, I don't know what the right decision is but i'll reserve judgment until the whole miniseries is over because like i said yeah. they've picked a lane like a yeah. very clear direction and they you know it's up to them to stick the landing i think it's definitely possible you know and it's it's not it might not be fair to say but even like two episodes in and kind of you know just checking the temperature from the outside without having seen the the most recent two episodes i don't i'm starting to lose confidence in this whole disney plus tv push Mm -hmm. you know it was you know it's not like it was novel from the get-go like wandavision had the excitement i think winter soldier had the star not the star power but <clears throat> it's hard to they really push that though like the, they really you know yeah. the relationship between the actual actors and their fictional mm-hmm. counterparts like oh yeah. like this is like old friends coming together again and then they made a, a buddy cop show that was like kind of like not as good as any buddy cop show yeah because it, but it's also marvelly and they're like oh but let's also tackle like these really serious issues with like kind of these weird half measure scenes it was just mm-hmm. weird that show was all over the place i'm wondering i'm wondering if the shows coming down the pipe are going to benefit from some new faces yeah you know what i mean like because we have such an investment to the way these other things have looked with these like you know like these triple or like triple a these you know um a-list stars mm-hmm. from from the movies coming down Ugh, that was the word i was down to the earlier. tv a-list a-list <laughs> and you know it's so it's I don't know, because, like, there's that, uh, is it Ms. Marvel? Um, there's that, and then there's also, like, the, the She-Hulk. Like, they have some really interesting stuff coming down the pipe, which I'm excited to see how that's going to be brought to life. But, like, just the state of things, I'm not I'm not fully... Uh, the excitement I had back in January is not here. You know, you raise a really good point, It's fatigue. Though. Yeah, it's for sure. You know, I think you raise a good point. They may benefit a lot from new faces and completely like no expectations right like, yeah the three shows they've had and to be fair one of them was really great minus the ending yeah um have all had the burden of being part of the mcu for several movies yeah you know like how many movies were bucky and falcon in before they got their own show how many movies has scarlet which and loki been a part like they just have yeah. a lot that they have to shoulder they have a lot of baggage mm-hmm. um so, so they carry that into the show, and that's maybe why it feels kind of like a half measure. So yeah, like that She-Hulk show you mentioned, like you know you don't really know anything. There's no setup, and that might be good for once. Yeah, like, I, yeah you know? that's what I'm saying. Like it's it's not that we need fresh ideas because if there's one thing, with the exception of uh, Winter Soldier, uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, you know there's there has been some originality. Like this Loki story is trying to do its own thing. WandaVision fucking for sure mm-hmm. was trying to do its own thing and that's been the best part of these three shows so far mm-hmm. you know so i think you know going forward like i said maybe some fresh new faces you know no expectations and some goofy ideas i think i think we're up for it. like after watching this and then especially coming out of falcon winter soldier this moon knight show coming down the pipe with oscar isaac i i'm worried about that one I haven't even heard of it, so that's where I'm at. Oh, okay. <laughs> so there you go. It's supposed to be like Marvel's Batman esque type character. Yeah. So it's I'm a little man. Oscar Isaac. Oh, I know. My homie. I know. Anyways, but uh, 
Yeah, Loki. I don't know. I'm I'm going to be catching up next week. Believe me, we will be having cool. a full up to date Loki conversation. So, I I, I want to give you a chance to tell me what you've been watching, but mm-hmm. there's something that segues too perfectly for me to not take the opportunity, and All I right. want to give you an opportunity to contain your excitement and your vocal oh. cords. All right. I'm. <laughs> Because for whatever reason, uh, yeah. I don't know, or I had a long, long weekend. You know, mm. we had Canada Day, and then I had another day off after that. So I've been doing a lot of chilling, let's just say. Sure. And uh, I binged in its entirety all of Mandalorian Season 2. Oh, fuck. <laughs> all right, let's do it. Let's, buy, let's, set, let's set 25 minutes aside here, and let's <laughs> yeah. just get into this. <laughs> that, was a, that was an appropriate, that was solid. Appreciate the restraint. I was, I'm, I'm sweating. That's I mean, how hard I was. <laughs> it's like, I didn't yell, but now I'm having a panic attack. Energy um, reserves are being set elsewhere. Um, no, man. So I watched all of season two in like a few days. Like I might have watched like four episodes Very, in one day at one point. It's surprisingly bingeable because yeah. there's like some random like, I think there's one episode that's like 27 minutes, no? Uh, yeah, like, maybe a, one on the low end somewhere in there, yeah. Yeah, there's and there's a lot of that. Like, I feel like season two, at least the first half, was a lot of, like, 30-minute, 35-minute yeah. episodes, which I'm fine with, but usually some of that caliber and, yeah. and, and style is usually much longer. I'll say that because I binged it and didn't watch it week to week, I do have, like, the itis of it kind of blurring together. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, when you watch... Yeah. You know, like episodes of Loki, when you watch it week to week, you're like, okay, this stands on its own. It's yeah. an event. Mm-hmm. When you just like burn through something, you maybe potentially don't do it justice. Because um, I think like this show, tell me if you feel this way, it feels like it's meant to be like this week, here's what Mando's up to. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's kind yeah. of like side questy. Mm-hmm. Like, and that was a complaint, I think. Oh, I, Leg- that's not even. A con for me i just mean like it's almost every week is maybe intentionally separate does that make sense sure yeah i don't did you like that not like that do you agree there was i think it's funny because we haven't watched um the first season obviously since like it was it was around so it's it's the most far away um but i found there was there was definitely points in the second season it kind of felt there was kind of a guise of he's just trying to get from point A to A or A to B because mm-hmm. he was he he had to do that. Like there, I think there was points where he was stranded, um, so it kind of made sense from him, kind of like planet hopping in the way he was. So it wasn't too bad, but I, I definitely understand. Um, it could have been a little tighter. Sure, you know that I think like I, I know like the internet. There was some there was some pretty big complaints about exactly like you said it perfectly like the the side quest of the week angle that mm. the show kind of took. And I, like I said, it didn't really bother me that much because what was presented to us was just fucking off the walls. Great, you know, like it's yeah. aesthetically and performances and just lo- you know lore like fucking Star Wars lore, man. Lore it's, galore, <laughs> lore galore, and you know it's but yeah no it's. It's good. How about that big ending at the end? Big ending at the end. Yeah, I had a small spoiler on that, but well, yeah, that was impossible. To, yeah. Um, yeah. So the ending was great. I was very down with that. You know, I'd, I'll tell you, listeners, if you're listening, like we're going to talk about specific plot details throughout all of season two of The Mandalorian. So okay. this is consider this your spoiler warning. Listeners, beware. Um, you know, I, I think it was hype. Yeah. I think. Um, piggybacking off the whole criticism of that I kind of put down on like the Loki and the Disney, the Marvel shows is like, 
I, this is probably the best TV I've seen out of sci-fi, like, especially, it almost makes, like, invalidates my argument, because my argument earlier was, like, you kind of took this thing that was on the big screen, you put it on the small screen, and then, like, you know, it doesn't really work, because you're kind of hamstringing it, mm-hmm. and you would think that The Mandalorian would have literally that problem, I mean, because it's exactly what they did, the difference is, like, it's all new characters and environments, yeah. and it's in its own unique time period, so they don't... They have to worry about canon, but they don't have to worry about picking up existing plot lines like yeah. the MCU shows do. Mm-hmm. But it, it, yeah, it's stellar. Um, yeah. You know, and it's it's cinematography, it's shot collection, the soundtracks. Oh my god, the, the soundtrack is very, very good. Just uh, dum, 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 dum. The, <laughs> you know, you hit the intro, and you're like, "Fuck yeah, let's do this." <laughs> the artwork, the set design, uh, yeah. the like, just the production value like that shit all looks like a movie it all looks like a movie it is unbelievable how good it is like because you know there are scenes in loki falcon and the winter soldier like you can sometimes be like that shot they save money on mm-hmm. that shot they went for it it's like anime mm-hmm. right it's like yeah, sometimes absolutely. it's like they like, go oh, look like the animators had like an extra week to, fu- to work on this fight scene that's why it looks so good but this one they had to do in two days and it looks like shit sometimes in some of the MCU shows, you can see that a little bit. Mm. I can't see anything in The Mandalorian. It's just consistently like, what? How the Dave, fuck are they doing this? You know, I, and I'm, I'm sure there's examples that I'm not thinking of in the moment, or thinking of right now, but I think The Mandalorian, of any show, I've never seen more respect for the fans from, it's just, it's the total package. It's... And you oh know, and God, you yeah. you would hit it earlier. It's it's the music. It's the like the you know the content itself, um, the you know like the Easter eggs for the fans. You know, like watching that week to week, going into the Mandalorian subreddit or the Star Wars subreddit, and watching like the OGs from like the seventies and eighties <laughs> who were on the internet get into stuff. You're like, oh yeah, I remember that book from like you know this era, this Legends book, and they're pulling from that. And like you know, there's um, like. You know the crate dragon in uh, I think it's the f- yep. first or second episode of season two. Yeah, uh, it's, yep. It's call that it make its sound. That is the voice. Th- that is the noise that Obi Wan tries to replicate in <laughs> the original movie. That's amazing. The original Star Wars when he scares with a Tuscan Raider, like little stuff like that. Like they're going so fucking deep and like oh, pulling it, from this. You know, it's the sound it's, picks. They do a lot of that. They pick uh, up a lot of sound from the originals. Yeah, yeah. but they don't make you feel stupid. Nope. They 100% Dude. feel it for yeah. the fans. And also, too, like, the really cool thing with this season is, you know, going back... Because we're excited to get back to the Mandalorian because all this stuff with Katie Sackhoff and the other Mandalorians, like, the former members of Death Watch, like, they are evident. Like, they are very major in the Clone Wars story. Oh, okay. So seeing them, like, when we were watching it, they were brought to life. We're like, oh, this is... Like, she's clearly important. And then when we finished it, that's when we went back and we rewatched everything. And so, like, she did. She even did the voice too in the show, in Clone Wars. Is that uh, Bo-Katan? Bo-Katan. That's the redheaded chick at the end who wants the dark saber. uh, Yeah. That ironically, our boy uh, Mando (laughs) grabbed. That was pretty great. Yeah. All of that, and like, like you know, we we I think we so she voices the same character in the anime, the Clone Wars anime. She did that like years ago. Wow. And then when they were they were shooting this and that like there was rumors that Bo-Katan was going to be in it, she, they she she got to play the fucking character. Like That's it looked like yeah, cool. it's really really cool. So we're excited to like once we get through because we're getting close. We're going to be starting Mandalorian again soon. Um, 
but uh yeah interesting yeah really really cool stuff um i always forget his name the guy who plays gustavo fring the actual oh actor. Um, um but uh Moff yeah, Gideon. Uh, yeah, yeah yeah really great to see him um they giancarlo esposito that's his name yes thank you um the stuff with like it's crazy to see week to week the relationship between a non-existent character in Grogu and the Mandalorian grow. Like, yep. they balance that so expertly mm-hmm. in this show. I can't believe how good they did um, with that. Like, you know, because it's not all at once. You know what I mean? Like, they, they it, it's so easy to overdo the, like, pull on your heartstrings because it's a baby gag. Yeah. Like, you can really fuck up a story by doing too much of that. For sure. And I feel like they really walk the line of like, you know, this guy isn't like a father, but like he has this relationship mm-hmm. with this thing. <laughs> they yeah. they nailed that shit. Um, I was aware, I've never watched any of the Clone Wars, right? But I was aware just through like osmosis, I guess, of uh, what's what's the girl's name with the dual wielding lightsabers? Uh, Ahsoka Tano. Ahsoka Tano, yeah. I was oh aware yeah. Of who she was. And um, it was cool to see her on screen. It was cool to just get any kind of Jedi stuff. Um, and I, I was like, I wonder who we're going to run into. You know what I mean? And when we ran into her, I was like, oh, fuck. Like, you know, you really don't have to have watched, like, all the Clone Wars stuff. Like, they really kind of no. hold your hand through it, but not in a way that I think is insulting to people that know all the lore. Yeah, that's the respect I'm talking about. Like, all across the board. Yeah. And, like, hindsight, going back and watching all this stuff and just remembering what we watched in, in The Mandalorian, it's like, fuck, man, they, they knocked that one out of the park. Dude. Just the the land, They landed everything, you know? John Favreau, holy fuck. Like, yeah. Man, and, and everything written, created by, like, he's just, I mean, you know, he works for, like, the biggest studio on the planet, yeah. so I'm sure he has a hell of a research well, it's, department. It's, but it is Jesus. him and Dave Filoni, like, okay. the two of them. And Dave Filoni is, the like, the... A big portion of Clone Wars and all of Rebels. So, oh, okay. I'll, yeah, it's, it's... He's got a guy that's well-informed. He's the guy. Like, I think Dave Filoni is, like, more or less running the show over there. Like, him and... I think Kathleen Kennedy is still, like... John Favreau, Kathleen Kennedy, Dave Filoni. I think there's a couple other people I'm, I'm forgetting that are nice. at the executive level just handling this with the most respect and care they can. And I'm yeah. so excited for more. It, it, it's, it's just so funny, right? Like, and it's... Cause, you know fans in general let alone sci-fi fans are just so goddamn fickle you know yeah see my rant about loki 20 minutes ago um (laughs) but you know they're just so fickle and you know you need no reminder than the trilogy that just wrapped Mm. up to see how what happens if you miss the mark even just a little bit you know what i mean and it's it's crazy to just watch someone just watch them stick the landing in like Mm -hmm. every possible way yeah like i yeah like you said i don't know if i've ever seen something handled so well um and you know like that might sound like we're getting into hyperbole but like if you listening to this chances are you're a star wars fan and it's like but considering you know like like how brittle is the star wars fandom you know like the fans themselves and like you know that's not a stretch i'm not freaking it's not a hot take by any fucking stretch of the imagination like star wars fans have been incredibly brittle and whiny and a little over the top for years 100 percent and this is just, you know, this is, like, gold-plated for, like, everyone. Everyone can just walk yeah. into this and be, like, fucking A. This is, like, you know, taking me back here. Have you seen, um, 
the you know corridor crew the youtube channel that we've talked about before they do breakdowns on cgi stunt work animation and they're industry working in industry professionals and they put their videos together really well and they've had one of the guys on from the mandalorian okay and talked about just like the technical achievement of that show and about how they had they just used giant oled panels yeah have you seen any behind the scenes on that show i watched believable It's crazy. They're, I, I think they're, they've made like four or five of them, and that's what they're going to start using going forward on everything. It's like a revolution in filmmaking, people are yeah. saying. It's like it's in, they're using Unreal Engine, the video game engine, to simulate yeah. environments that they then make the actors stand in front of, and then they like actually build a bit of set around that as well. Yeah, to make it like, look tangible. Yeah, yeah. You, so it's like green screen, but the actor can actually see. It's, yeah. it's fucking crazy, and it seems it's, like such an obvious thing, but like there's you know, some really really good documentaries and all the behind the scenes stuff. Like if you have a Disney Plus subscription and you're not watching any Star Wars content right now, like you should be watching those documentaries. Like they are really really good. I didn't know they had behind the scenes stuff down there. All all for season one and two. And this thing too, like the Disney Plus, pretty much everything on there. If you dig a little deeper when you're on like a show or a movie's page, they just have like sometimes hours of content extra that if you want to dive into you can yeah interesting yeah. very very uh for the fans uh, stuff especially with the star wars stuff like you can just eat all that up interesting okay yeah um i think maybe one i don't want to go like episode to episode i think maybe just one other hot hi- two other highlights uh yeah. was you know bill burr was back um, yeah we talked about it a lot on the show that i'm a big stand-up fan and you know i knew that he had done the show um, and then I started researching it after I saw his appearance in the second episode, because it was, or in the second season, because it was so much better than his first appearance in season yes. one. That was a great episode in season one. I, I, I really liked it. Oh, I he liked was it good too. Yeah. I, I was just surprised at how well he did, frankly. Like, he talks about how, like, he doesn't really act a lot, mm-hmm. but he gets, you know, some good opportunities and just considers himself lucky. And I did some research on it, and it was like, like, they wrote that part for him. <laughs> like, mm. John Favreau was like, dude, I think this guy, like, we're kind of writing it for you. Like, the guy's kind of a dick. <laughs> like, <laughs> he's, you know, like, do you know the whole story behind that casting? Well, I, I don't know. I know, like, Bill Burr's been very vocal about, like, yeah, I don't, I don't like Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's for fucking nerds, you know? Like, but I think that was perfect fitting for, like, the role he was playing. Yeah. And to bring someone completely outside who just doesn't give a fuck. Yeah, about all of it, and just be genuinely be themselves, and it shines through. And they like, wrote cl- to, clearly. They wrote to like his comedy chops, yeah. And uh, but like he has some like acting moments in there, and like I thought he totally held his own. Like it's tricky, yeah. I think, to not get blown off the screen by one Pedro Pascal and two Pedro Pascal in a helmet, and you can't play off his reaction. Yeah, like especially if you don't act a ton, and mm-hmm. now you're like in a series by like the world's biggest studio. He had like his big moment this season, which I, you're alluding to, like his his he has some unreal acting chops mm-hmm. in in that one episode he, he's in, and uh, fucking Bill Burr, he needs like he needs to do like obviously like, he's gonna be a comedian forever, like that's mm-hmm. what he's that's his bread and butter, and he's great at it, um, but he should be doing a ton more acting, like, yeah, yeah, dude. The one minute version of that story is that John Favreau did a movie called Chef. And it's oh, like, yeah. it's like an one. ASMR galore because it's all these beautiful shots of like him cooking. Yeah. And that's what spawned the chef show um, on Netflix, which is also great. And it's yes. just him and the guy who actually taught him how to cook cooking. 
Yes. And Bill Burr rants on his podcast about how he makes this grilled cheese in the movie and it looks amazing. And Bill Burr's podcast is big enough that Favreau eventually hears it and then he does the chef show and they make that grilled cheese with Bill Burr. Um, and they teach him how to make it like he did in the movie and he's on that episode in their Netflix show. And then fast forward, they're like at a party and Favreau goes like, he asks him about the whole, you know, gunslinger role for Mandalorian. And Bill Burr is like, yeah, man, I don't know. Like, I've been pretty vocal about making fun of Star Wars for like a straight <laughs> decade. And Favreau's like, yeah, we know. I've heard it. I listen to your podcast. I think it's hilarious. And that your fans would like it. And we kind of are writing it for you. So would you think you would do it? And Bill Burr being Bill Burr was like, oh, I don't know, man. And his wife is like, no, he'll do it. He'll, he'll do yeah. it. <laughs> Um, and that's the story of how he got on and like, geez, what a great episode. It's so yeah. cool to see people like that pop up and, uh, and have good performances. Yeah. Um, the last thing I want to mention, and then we can wrap up Mandalorian is the, uh, you know, the de-aging, the CGI face. Ooh, that was a, that was, that was a tough hang. <laughs> I mean, you know, like it is, but you know, probably the hardest thing to do in CG right now. Like anytime you do it and you go for de-aging, you're going to be looked at or de-aging or even just complete CG, or it's probably a, a mixture of both. Um, but the thing is, I'm just saying you're going to be looked at under with a mic, uh, microscope. For right? sure. I, I agree. My argument is that they have Star Wars specifically has done it before and it looked very good. Mm-hmm. So I don't understand. Like, that's the thing. I don't know the 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 science and the minutia of it. Like the actual technology. Mm-hmm. I don't know if some faces are harder to do than others, or you know, like it's like again, I don't know the inner workings of it. But like they did Tarkin, they did Mon Mothma, um, you know, and they looked, you know, like you can still tell, but it it, it didn't have the full uncanny valley array that Luke did. Yeah. You know, yeah, I, yeah. I honestly wish they would have just cast someone. I know, and been like, "That's Luke," and everyone's like, "Oh shit!" You know, you know like I would. I think yeah. I don't understand people. And again, brittle Star Wars fans, but like, I think that that would have been the route to take. You know, if I was running the show, but it's tricky, right? Like, um, you know, because Tarkin looks so good. Yeah. So much of it has to do with like archive footage, the lighting of that footage, mm. and if they have that actor available for like reference. And if there was, like, old reference uh, stuff in the archives that they can use, and then and then how much work they want to do to it afterwards. And I feel like it's no secret that the hardest part of CG, and especially this kind of CG, is lighting, right? Like, mm-hmm. Leia may have been the worst one in Rogue One, but she was in a, the oh, brightest room possible. You yeah. know, she was in an all-white room with lights shining on her face. Like, they were... Like that's when shit gets tricky, right? Like, the, mm-hmm. like the age-old tale of CG is like if you're not good at it, you just turn off the lights. <laughs> it's like the end of Wonder Woman 1984. It's like the CG was so shitty that they just like staged a power outage, and then they could just have a fight that looked half convincing. Oh I, I had no idea. <laughs> that was the what yeah. had happened there. Yeah, but anyway, um, so I didn't think it was that bad. It was definitely not as bad as Leia. It was completely fine for me. Like, I was just sort of like so stoked for the moment because the moment was good enough that I wasn't going to let some weird like yes. yeah, hang I, up yeah. on CG ruin it for me. I can guarantee that other Star Wars fans probably didn't feel the same way. Yeah, for um, sure. There was like some uncanny valley shit going on yeah. and his you could definitely tell the voice was like sampled cuz it was like almost too clear, like it didn't sound like yep. 
the guys in the room sounded, like the other actors in the room. But like, again, that's kind of like with the microscope and it's because you're taking a character who hasn't looked like that in 30 years. Yeah. You know, that's just sort of comes with the territory. Like to your point, it may have just been better to cast somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. I, I don't know. I was hype as fuck. It, you know. Oh yeah. Like the whole walk, like, cause, cause you know, gets like the hallway basically... scene, just like Vader got in Rogue One. But that's the thing. It's essentially the exact same scene from Vader. Yeah. That's the crazy thing. So, like, they more or less did a shot for shot of, like, you know, father yeah. and son, like, repeating history. Obviously, in two different contexts. But mm-hmm. that was just, oh, like, I knew the second the X-Wing came up, I was like, oh, fuck. It is on. Like, I, I, we were, like, I was shaking. Like, when it was going, like, when I we didn't, were watching it. I really thought it was going to be, like, a too-good-to-be-true thing. Like, you know, because they were kind of in the pocket of, like, you know, there's a Jedi. Who's going to be? It's Ahsoka Tano. You know what I mean? Like, uh, like. Yeah the whole Boba Fett thing and all this stuff. That was great too, yeah. Like, it just felt like they were, in, you know, trying not to make the obvious choice. Like, maybe it didn't feel that way to other people, but I'm so unplugged from Star Wars that, like, sure. it felt like everything was just almost kind of fringe. Um, and Luke Skywalker's, like, the best, biggest choice. And, like, they just fucking went for it. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. I was super stoked that they went for it. I think I'm just more grateful than anything because the the first thought I had was, like, you know, I think what so many people wanted out of the new sequels and what so many people were craving when the original trilogy ended was like, what does Luke fucking do next? Yeah. Like, what happens to our boy? Like, show me the Jedi, you know, uh, Academy that he opens. Like, show me all the stuff. Show me the New Republic. And like, there's, it's this time period in Star Wars that people desperately wanted more of and especially mm-hmm. Luke. And yeah. this is literally the only time we've seen it. Yeah. Like the only time we've seen him at like the peak of his powers, not in some weird dream sequence flashback. You know what I mean? So Absolutely. it was just cool. And if that means you have to see GM, then see GM. I don't give a fuck. Oh yeah. It was it was cool as fuck, man. Uh yeah. It, Mandalorian season two gets an A. I'm coming right off it. I haven't like looked at it too critically. Sure. But fucking A. Love yeah, it. Absolute. Eight or nine out of <laughs> yeah. ten. Love it. Watch that shit. If you even have a distant enjoyment of star wars you should take a look at that and just see you know if you're a fan of westerns you should be watching the mandalorian it's it's one of the best it's genuinely a western it's a space opera western and if you like that genre which a lot of people do like westerns are great and this is one of the best takes on it i've I've probably ever seen and think about the audacity of that like the audacity of being like i'm gonna make a star wars western and it's not gonna suck yeah Like, (laughs) like that's just so hard to do when you think about the history of the fucking franchise Mm -hmm. and then they just did it in modern day they're like yes Yes. this is still possible all right that was a good chunk of time but Ah, mandalorian season two do it all right (sighs) i got some quick hits and then i want to hear what else you've been watching sure yeah yeah. one-liners to your eternity hiatus this week i'm upset oh that's all there is to say Gives, gives me time to catch up yes um and Tokyo Revengers, I said like a couple of weeks ago that they were like having like a finale. Sure. Yeah, I think yeah. that I think I got duped. I don't know if that was fake news or what, but it is apparently still going. Maybe they will also have a midseason break. But something about a Halloween arc. Yeah, I, was, I, I read something about that online. There's so I don't know. Uh, I will say that their last two episodes have been completely excellent mm. and um, have really like brought the show to like a great sense of sense of climax, and I'm very stoked on it excited to see where it goes 
Um, I'm about to open the floodgates yeah. on that fucking show. Hit me up. Well, on on, on Tokyo Revengers, like that is the like oh, that's tar- what you target locked, target acquired. Just on my holidays, like I'm yeah. like in my off time when I like, you know, Dude. there's the stuff that Leanne and I are watching together. But anytime I have to watch a show like Tokyo Revengers, like that's the you know I'm going for it because you've been talking about it. I've been reading all these things. It's like why have I not been watching this week to week? Dude, you know, it's I'm just one of those so things. So curious to hear your thoughts on it. Like it's so fucking weird. Like, sure, I love it. Weird. Is so. <laughs> It is so not the kind of show I watch. Like, yeah, I think you'll watch it and be like, what? Like, but like, for whatever reason, there's something like I told you about last time, like watching a show week to week. Yeah. It's just so easy. Mm-hmm. And I think their strength as far as anime stuff goes is like, dude, their animation of just cities and like cities at night and lighting in anime. Sure. Top tier. It's so good. I'm excited oh, for you to watch it. That's a good pick. It's a good something to pick out of a show i'm I'm interested to see that yeah um not to compare odd taxi had a lot of that too just like the love and care i think i mentioned that too just the background yeah you know just the world was so like you know obviously there's animals walking around but it was just such one of the most lived in shows i've seen the vivid uh, environment yeah yeah but yeah tokyo avengers i'm I'm, like i said i'm i'm going for it yeah um last tidbit of news demon slayer dropped like a trailer today that they've kind of already dropped Okay. I, I don't really know what's going on. They're saying, oh, we're going to have news about season two on July 24th. In the meantime, here's a trailer. But the trailer is like this compilation of footage they've already released like six months ago. Mm-hmm. Just sort of detailing the new arc, which we talked about last time we talked about Demon Slayer. Yeah. Like it's just going to be him and another Hashira, I guess. But literally nothing new. It's mm. like an announcement about, oh, more info is coming in July. But they did say 2021 again, so... I have seen that's like the thing that's been sticking out in the news. Like there's like a new trailer, but and then there's like and then in bold, twenty twenty one is happening. You know, it's like oh okay, well I think it's because people feel like they actually haven't shared anything new in a while. Like and people are starting to feel like maybe Well they had this big fucking know. behemoth they had to get out of the way. You yeah. know, like find that like that had to, you know, make make landing for the rest of the world. So maybe they just didn't wanna dip into their Good point. You know, it's it's hard to say, but I, I it's not. There's no way it's going to be bad. Oh, know? and they're doing a comedy spinoff manga. Oh, oh, I did read that. Yeah, yeah, that'll be that'll be interesting. That'd be fun to that might be one dive to into that. Yeah, but I would be worried if hopefully they don't mention main plot stuff, referencing other stuff that we don't know like where it would take place. Yeah, because so the main manga is finished. Yeah. Oh. It, oh. It is. Yeah. It is finished. Yeah. That's true. You were saying that. Right. But, uh, what you watching, homie? What am I watching? So, Friday night, um, the new Steven Soderbergh movie came out. No sudden moves. Have you heard anything about this, dude? Did no. you watch it? <laughs> no, I haven't heard a thing about it. I was like, oh, oh Steven Soderbergh has a new movie. So, because he, he signed that big deal a year or two ago when HBO Max more or less like came out swinging about they're making this push for content. Prior to all the theaters closing and whatnot, mm-hmm. um, the big acquisition, more or less, was a however many movie deal with Steven Soderbergh, mm-hmm. and he did one came out last year. It was it was kind of I think it took place on a boat. I think it had um, Helen Mirren or Meryl Streep. Anyway, regardless. Anyway, so this is kind of like a not a return to form. I don't think that's a fair thing to say because he's such 
an eclectic director. Like he he had he's fearless in his subject matter in his movies. Like he will Agreed. cover anything and mad respect to the man. Like he is he has such an eye. Um, you know that's the biggest thing, just the look of his movies, the details. But so No Sun Moves is a crime noir heist movie set in the 1950s in Detroit. Um, it stars Don Cheadle and Benicio del Toro. Tre- like tremendous, like it's you know, a it's strong pairing. I like. That. Oh my god, I fucking Cheadle and del Toro. This movie, like I've always, you know, I've always really liked Don Cheadle. I'm, funny enough, the first time I ever saw him in a movie was Ocean's Eleven, like a you know another Soderbergh movie. Dude, um, I just watched Ocean Thirteen on the like rewatch Ocean Thirteen oh, on the weekend. Really? They're all good. They're yeah. all good. Um, you know, and like probably one of my he's probably one of my favorite direct like in my top five directors. Like anything he watches, um, I just don't care what it's about. I'll watch it. Like years ago, he put did a movie for HBO called Behind the Candelabra. Yes, about, I've heard. Tremendous. Like I Dude, rewatched that every couple he, of years. Did he but, direct uh, the DiCaprio movie Catch Me If You Can? Is that him? No, that's Spielberg. Fuck. Yeah. Also great movie. That's also great you movie. and I watched that. <laughs> I remember that was the last movie you and I watched together. Wow, that's so random. Yeah. You're right. Okay. Um, anyway, no sudden moves. Cheadle. No sudden moves. Cheadle Dottoro. So I've always really liked Cheadle, and he's. I've always known he's a tremendous actor, but there's just something. This is one of the most like subtle performances I've ever seen. Not ever seen, but in in a long. That's a little hyperbolic, but because I'm coming. No, so hot coming off this movie, but great story uh also like david harbour's in it um uh amy amy steinitz um just a lot, lot of good character actors that are just like pushed to the forefront brendan fraser who you don't see very often oh, anymore he, he puts on a really really good performance um but yeah it's so it's you know, i don't, I don't want to get into the weeds because it is a mystery and i'm not even i would not be able to do the story justice but by the end, sometimes with these movies, by the end, you're kind of like, uh, where where did that go in the middle? You know, like, I understand we're at the ending. I understand, like, there's this conclusion, there's that conclusion. Mm-hmm. Very followable, even though it is so dark. And it, there's kind of a weird filter. To, there's like a fisheye lens movie, pretty much the whole movie. It's very, like, visually, it's very, at the beginning, it was kind of hard, but you ease into it. And by the end, like, it feels very natural. Um, but, uh, again, I don't want to get too into it because it's one of those movies you just have to watch. I don't want to talk about it because it takes away from what it is, I think. Mm-hmm. Anyone who, it's two hours clean. Anyone who loves, like, a good mystery, thriller, you know, crime movie, this mm-hmm. is this is going to be a modern classic. Legitimately. Really? It's, it's really, really good. Like, it's, I don't think it's going to go to, like, the Oscars, and I don't think that really fucking matters. But just for, like, a good... I wish I'd seen this in the theater. This is the first. Yeah. This is the first movie I've seen since this whole, you know, COVID situation where I was. By the end of it, I was like, "Fuck!" De- actually, Demon Slayer. I was about to say for Demon Slayer, but yeah, Demon Slayer. But like as like a you know a Hollywood joint, this is mm-hmm. the one. I was like, "Wow, this would have been really great." Right, eh? Yeah, would have been really good in the theater. Damn, is it kind of like a whodunit, or would you classify it more of a just like a mystery? It's a high it, things. It's a heist movie. Oh, okay, okay, okay. It, it, by, by definition, it's like a noir heist. And then by, not necessarily a whodunit, but it's kind of, it, it, here we go, is, um, we're kind of getting into it, which I don't, I don't want to get too into it, but it's, as the movie evolves, more mystery is gained. Sure. It's not like a mystery from the get-go and they're trying to get to the resolution. The things seem pretty clear and concise at the get-go. From the, right. right from the beginning. And then as you progress, things start okay. getting fucking, you know, twisty-turny. Right. 
and then you get to the ending and it's just like yeah good shit that really sounds good pretty shit. good though man Don yeah. Cheadle, Benicio del Toro, Steven Soderbergh, and like a heist noir mystery movie. That's like those are yeah. some vibes. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, very very good. Uh, you gotta watch it on Crave. Watch it That's, on Crave. Uh, yeah, I think it's like because it's like an HBO Max exclusive. So it, like in Canada, I had to go. I had to do some a little bit of hoop jump. That was the one shitty thing. I do some bit of hoop jumping to get to watch the yeah. movie because you can't rent it. Welcome to Canada. Mm. Um. Speaking of movie reviews, I I don't know. Well, I bet you don't do this. We'll see. Do you read like the quickie or any reviews of a film before you see it? I I don't read movie reviews at all. Oh, really? Oh, that's yeah. interesting. Yeah. Um, the Black Widow movie reviews uh, have like come out because it's. Oh. I, I don't even know if that movie's out yet. But like you know how you get like people that like the, the embargo gets lifted. Oh, sure. Before the movie actually hits, because they're doing like a weird release with the whole COVID thing. Anyway, the reviews are out. I will say that they're like uh, mixed. Um, mm. And I was going to say, like, do you have any thoughts Cal on that? Cal Supreme. <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> you know, like, and I, that's, not, like, that's not anything against the movie, but like just the talk around this thing from the fucking get-go. It's yeah. just been, you know, like what, like what is this? What is this? You know, like what's it gonna be? What are we doing here? <laughs> yeah, are you gonna, are you gonna rent it? Are you gonna, are you gonna do the premiere access? Because we don't got theaters yet. Like, de- de- I can, yeah, definitely not. Um, no hate. Like, mm. you know, it's just like, it, it's tricky because I'm such a fan of that character, and like even just Scarlett Johansson, for for God's sakes, yeah, is so damn good. But like, I felt. Like this, the whole movie, its entrance, its timeline, how late it happened, all the, like all, all of those things, it was handled so poorly, and um, I, I'm just not dying for it now, and like I, you know, there's just there's no part of me no that hunger. wants to know what a character that's already dead did on like her summer vacation, like, I don't know, I'm sure it explores that uh, character more, but. I've also heard that it has like the typical kind of Marvel syndrome, which mm. it, everything we talked about at the beginning, where it's like, it's hard to let the characters have a moment without undercutting it with comedy, without also setting things up for new movies, and you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I'm I'm sure the action sequences are great. Um, I'm sure yeah, Scarlett Johansson is great. Some good set pieces, for but sure. I think I'll probably wait for it to get to Disney Plus. Yeah, agreed. Um, yeah what i'm trying to think um there's one piece of anime news i wonder if it's your piece you said you had like one anime news thing i got a couple th- yeah two things okay you go and i'll and we'll see if uh, if i had it already well the one you know because we should i really should have capped this off at the end of our mandalorian conversation but the trailer dropped for star wars visions yeah i had that <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah liana i showed liana that she had no fucking idea that that was a thing that was coming out and Dude. she was like, she she looked at me she's like she's like is that coming out now like is that out and yeah. i'm like no, september she's like fuck okay all right like that is now like i think we've talked about it three times today alone she's like star wars vision lends it out like i'm excited but yeah that's gonna be dope hey what a cool thing to do uh i'm super down with it throw that money around yeah you know get your money's worth like there's some heavyweight studios involved too I, I, so I haven't looked close. I'll, here's what I know about Star Wars Visions, and also maybe for the listener who doesn't know. So Oh, sorry. Is, yeah, uh, sure, sure. It's an anthology. It's an anime show, or it's an anime anthology of short films. Is that accurate? 
I don't know if it's I don't know see that's the thing I don't know if it's like love love death and robots yeah where it's like it could one could be seven minutes one could be 20 I don't know yeah. if there's like a set time to each one but but it is same an anthology yeah so it's not necessarily a linear season seven, one story it's, seven different studios okay so it's going to be you know probably every episode is going to tell its own short story it'll have its own look and feel because different studios are going to probably do every episode or each episode so it's like kind of uh anime dream right is you want to like be able to tell your story in as many creative ways as possible and like you know love death robots on netflix has been pretty successful um and even just like being able to explore the art form in as in as many directions as possible uh like this that's exactly what anthologies are for especially anime ones Mm -hmm. so yeah i'm super excited it's cool to see disney do shit like this um yeah yeah I'm, i'm very down they're really opening the IP out to other yeah. people, which is good to see. Like fresh minds, it's not it's not a you know it's not like a vacuum anymore. You know it's 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 open. It's not a closed in vacuum. It's open to everyone, and it's yeah. fresh talent and new eyes and and you know good takes. But the studios that stick out to me, and so Studio Trigger is doing one. Um, I believe that is. I might be wrong here. I really I think you know that show Kill a Kill, Kill La Kill. On and Netflix, like, yeah, and Gu- yep. well, yeah, it's like Guru and Logan. I think I think that's them. So that's supposed to be, that's going to be like balls to the walls. Mm. And then Production IG is doing one of them too, and they are associated to Wit Studio. I think like they're like sister companies. So they like they've done a lot of work on Attack on Titan, the like the pre Mappa era. Like like I said, I think it's all one. They work under a parent company mm-hmm. and they help on each other's work. So that that sticks out to me as being very interesting, interesting. <laughs> of where that's going to go. Like I said, it's not wit specifically. It is, it's production IG, Yeah. but, um, but still, so like they've, they know how to draw some shit. Again, they all do. And like, I really like, did you watch the full trailer or did you dip out for, to avoid kind of, uh, I don't really care about spoilers. I just haven't had a chance to watch the full trailer yet. I it's, saw a bunch of key little gifts. The nice thing was, and you know, like some people can make the argument that it was just like bullshit talking heads, but they showed staff from each of the studios and you can see the fucking excitement in their faces. I mean, talking about yeah. it's they're all Star Wars fans. And it's of I'm getting it just I'm getting John Favreau vibes here from Mandalorian. You know, people that want to be involved, they want to tell these stories, and I'm glad it's not all going to look the same. It's everyone's going to yeah. have their own take, and from what they've shown in this three minute, it's only a three minute trailer. If if you really want to go in blind, don't watch it. Like just listen to what we're saying. But it's you know to the listeners, but. They kind of do like quick little, little, um, quick little shots of what it is, of, of what each studio is doing, kind of vibe. And a couple of them they get into a little more in depth. That's probably the ones that they're pushing. Um, they, you know, they, which are probably going to be the action heavy ones, I'm guessing. But it's, yeah, I have incredibly high hopes for this. Like, I'm, I'm not worried about this at all. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. yeah, man. I'm, I'm super stoked. The pieces that I did see looked really cool. Um, yeah, not much more to say. To, on it than that but i'm excited for even more star wars september 22nd i think it's dropping there you go so yeah Yeah. you can probably expect us to chat about that on this show for sure some show that we do i don't think i have much more than that sir so the other the other piece of news i had and i don't know if you saw this did you see the article or the i think it was came out on twitter and then a couple websites were reporting on it about a random animator 
was doing not shit talking but was kind of like throwing netflix and mappa under the bus a little bit i did see that some fun drama yeah some yeah and like again like obviously like you know probably shortly afterwards the guy kind of back backed it up a little bit not calling out mappa it was more calling out netflix and this is the thing you and i have talked before we're incredibly uneducated with the business side Mm -hmm. of making you know of how the bread is made there but it's crazy the undercutting that these companies are doing like this is pretty vicious you know for so for anyone listening if you haven't read this there's some lingo that i don't fully understand like i'm looking at the article and i've read this like 10 times this since it came out so they're saying per cut so i'm not sure if that's like per frame worked on within within an episode potentially but I don't think so. I think like per cut, they probably mean like per every like rough cut of a scene. Maybe I could be wrong. Okay, okay. I think so. so yeah, that that would make more sense. But anyways, so I guess the the norm, which is very bad, is forty five hundred yen, mm-hmm. and apparently Netflix is like eh, like thirty eight hundred yen, which equates thirty thirty four American, mm-hmm. and. And, like, this kind of goes back to, like, because wasn't it back in May there was a freelance uh, animator who was, like, I had to leave MAPPA due to factory-like conditions? Yeah, yeah, there was. And, you know, it was just essentially, like, you know, just a, like, farming operation, more or less. So, um, and, like, there's other claims of other studios that are, like, per cut, it's 250 yen, which is, like, two two American dollars. Yeah. And it's, you know, like... It's pretty messed up, man. Like it is super messed <laughs> up, you know. For and I think we should talk about. It. Like I don't know how at length we can get into this conversation. I just wanted to bring it up so people are, are aware of it. But it, you know, because we we love this medium and we we you know we love talking about it. and We always want to see more, and there's always more coming. And it's a little unfortunate to read about this stuff. Like it kind of sours the taste a little bit. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. you know, we know a couple people in the industry. Maybe we could get a guest one day on, like, a guest episode or something like that. To that, talk would be, about that would be cool. What it's like to work in animation. Um, because I know a couple people that have more or less told me when I bring stuff like this up. They're like, yeah, it really do be like that. <laughs> and yeah. it's much worse in Japan. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, yeah, because, like, a lot of these artists are paid per drawing, but they have so many drawings that are expected of them just to fill their contract. Yeah for a certain gig right and it's like uh, you know i one of the guy that left mappa that had worked on attack on titan had been like you know of course i wanted to do better work but like i only had 10 drawings to do on this scene and then i had to go and do 40 drawings on a completely different show mm. within an hour you know and so i you know unless you want to work unpaid overtime because you don't get paid more if you draw more yeah it's like here's what you're given and here you know we've decided the timetable is this and we like your resource that we're going to stretch thin if we need to. And that's just how it works. It's kind of almost like software development. It's very weird. But yeah. it's like, you've been, you, here's the amount of time that we've decided you need for this task, sometimes a little bit arbitrarily, mm-hmm. um, you know, depending on the budget. And that's just how it's going to be. But yeah, I did read that. And, you know, it do, it's not the biggest shock that Netflix is out there being like super competitive, trying to yeah. drive down prices. Yeah. <laughs> because like, look who you're talking to. But like, yeah, that it, that was a big bummer to yeah. read about. Thanks for thanks for ending the show on that, Grant. No, I got a couple. I got a couple more things. Okay, what you got? But uh, so quickly, have you have you ever heard of the show called Bosch? No. It's an it's an Amazon Prime. It's propaganda 
to the extreme. Copaganda. I haven't Copaganda. Even heard of that. Oh man, it's a big thing. If 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 you like um you know crime you know cop dramas or whatever like you know it's you know you watch you see the shows like The Wire where it's it's opening a bigger view of you know that not quite copaganda because it's showing like what's wrong with the, the system and all this and that. Um, but there's other shows like you know I'm sure like like. I, don't know, I can't speak to some of these shows, but I know it's like a subgenre that people refer to as like, it's just like, you know, it, like it's like the white knight um, discussion, you know, like the, you know, in, in the nineties, that was big in a lot of movies kind of, you know, it's like the white man, like the last samurai mm-hmm. Tom Cruise comes, he's the white man. He saves all the, you know, the, all the villagers and all these various Japanese villages that anyways, fucking love that movie. <laughs> yeah, oh, great movie. No, no, no. But like, I see, you know, when, when people say that, it's like, oh, for sure. That is fucking weird. Like, why couldn't they tell it like a cool story yeah, of yeah, yeah. a Japanese man rising up and like saving his people? Like, no, I, I, I know. I, no, I get it. So, but anyway, so I've watched the show. It's final season just aired. Uh, came out and um, it's, is this an animated show or live? No, action? no, it's live action. It's called Bosch. It's called Bosch. The main character, it's, it's Harry Bosch. I think his real name is uh, Her- Hieronymus. Okay. It's based and anyway. named after a painting. Neither here nor there. Some good character, like some good acting performances in it, but it's 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 very um. It's probably the closest to watching a CW show I will ever get. You know, it's because there, and especially like there is one character on this show. It blows my mind that for seven seasons, they haven't fired this fucking girl because she is like overacting to the max. And it's maybe for like character continuity, like they keep her around and all Mm. that, but it's, it blows my mind. Anyway, neither here. So the final season, nothing wrong with the vampire diaries, Grant. No. And again, I'm not, I'm not shit talking, but like, and you know, like, it's not fair to say there's calibers a show, I'm, but I'm like, teasing, I'm teasing. no, no, no. But like, and that's, you know, people, I want to make a point of like what people love, people love, like there's nothing wrong with that. But mm-hmm. for me, like I need, you know, it's not like it has to be balls to the walls. Like everything has to be tip top performance, but like, I want to be treated with respect. Like, you know, don't treat me like I'm dumb. You know, don't try and like fool me. Like you know, that's a TV. There's a lot of, they, I find more so in TV than movies. They try to get away with way more, and mm-hmm. like you know, just not just director intelligence. You know what I'm getting at. Oh yeah. But this show, like it's it's always just kind of had like a line. It was kind of simple, nothing crazy, cool performances. I, I just enjoyed it. Bosh. This seventh season, Dave, is probably <laughs> the biggest casualty of like COVID shooting I have ever seen. Oh, like, like this is this is the quality? yeah production problems and like really narrative jumping and trying to like piece this together and da 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 like phone like clearly like no one is in the room they're just trying to like isolate people like it's it's very yeah it's very very strange you can like there's you can tell because like obviously this stuff is shot out of order Mm -hmm. and (laughs) there's a couple scenes where there's like someone's out at like a patio there it's packed people are also eating on this like restaurant patio and then you cut to it like a moment later and there's just like no one around <laughs> you know they clearly like went back to that spot maybe shot again or whatever had to do reshoots and like just no one could be there it, it was kind of like in a public area kind of thing and because it's all set in la oh, and um man that's so awkward with like outdoor yeah filming and shit and... yeah so it's Oof. but like there's just some like it just ended like you know characters just showing up you know it, it, it kind of just came to it like a, a hard, like a just a halt at the end, and it was like a se- series finale, 
and they've already set up there's going to be a sequel show with a lot of the main characters just continuing with that and it's it just kind of was like fuck man like a show that i kind of really liked and just at the end it wasn't a total ball drop but like they definitely like you know like they weren't dribbling the ball anymore <laughs> they were right. just running with the ball towards the end that's a bump you know yeah you're talking about that and you know production issues aside you're really reminding me of dexter and the fact that that's coming back oh. for a miniseries yeah that's i'm gonna watch miniseries? it yeah i'll watch it for sure i'll watch that shit we'll talk about it here but uh yeah so anyways it's um i don't know like i watched it it was eight episodes it was a shorter season it kind of made sense. It was like there was some stuff they did cool. Like they tried to tackle, which I think is a problem, and like more shows should be tackling this. You know, the white supremacist problem in the mm-hmm. world. They very clumsily handled that. They tried to like. They tried to take two problems that need to be focused on, which is, you know. You know, when I say feminism, but like you know, like women in in the workplace and like trying to get respect and and all this and that. And they tried to tackle that with the white supremacist thing at the same time and just mash them together and, like, both come out as, like, a good outcome for, like, yeah. you know, for, for both, not both sides, but you know what I mean. Like, one is defeated and one is risen up. In their in their efforts. And it was just like, wow, this is, this is a pretty big fucking swing, you guys. Like, if you had done this separately with, like, you know, the characters in the show, I think yeah. it could have been done correctly. But it's like, but this is what I'm talking about. This is the production issues. To me, was evident due to like you know, not being able to shoot this and that, and I'm sure the writing was kind of fucked around because of it. Mm-hmm, but no doubt. but you know what? Because this whole this show is based on um, a book series, and the guy that writes the books, he's involved, like kind of like a George R. R. Martin, R. R. Martin situation, Germ, whatever. Yeah. Um. But like you know, so he knows his characters. He knows how to write them. Did you ever see Lincoln Lawyer with Matthew McConaughey? No. Oh, okay. So it's it's same based on his book, set in the oh, same okay. world kind of thing. There's weird IP, so that character never showed up in in, in Bosch. But uh, typical. Yeah, typical for sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, so kind of kind of a bummer as the show ends. I look back on some previous seasons, which I really did enjoy, even though, like I said, it is kind of like a copaganda. Like the cops are always, you know, the good guys, and like they're like they are showing cops do bad shit. But you know, I don't know. It's it's so funny. Like in contrast to like Line of Duty. Or like they're blatantly showing, which we finished the sixth season. DCI gets. DCI gets, which we loved. Also, too, I won't get into that this week because we've been running too long. We weren't super hot on uh, this season for the first time ever. A seasonal line of duty. Yeah. Like, so next week we'll get into that. But, um, so yeah, Bosch, I don't know. Honestly, I wouldn't recommend it to people anymore. (laughs) Like, it's just, just, it was just like a weird ending. It's, and yeah. We, we've talked about this. We've kicked this that horse so many times, but it's like the importance of like an ending and knowing how mm. to end and when to end. Because Sick if the landing. Because if you don't, you really bastardize everything before it. Like, you really do. And I hate to be like that guy, but like if you fuck up the ending, you literally <laughs> invalidate the journey. Like, sure. I, I mean, at least I believe that. That might be like a little bit critical. Mm. But like, yeah, there, there are great shows that have incredibly strong seasons, but because they end bad, I will I refuse to rewatch them. Yeah. Like I'm not gonna go and watch the first three seasons of, fuck I don't know Dexter, sure because it I know where it goes. 
Yeah. I'm not going to bother. And I would, it, like, this was not so heinous as that. Like, I am I know I'm a little hard on it, or I'm, I'm a little off about it, because, like, there was moments I liked, and the show itself was good. It had its moments that were just like, what the fuck? I'm um, seriously, the character, the, the girl that plays his daughter, like, should not be fucking acting. Like, this is, it is so, so fucking bad. And anyways, but, um, so it's Bosch, you know. Bosch. Yeah. Check it out, or don't. We don't give a fuck. Or don't. Watch it. Don't. No, I don't know. It's you might like it. You might not. It's man. <laughs> yeah. Or watch the Mandalorian season two. And if you yeah, watched if we're gonna and, watch anything. Yeah. And do if that. you watched and listened to all these things, then go listen to our Demon Slayer review. It's oh, yeah. just as good as the movie. Some are saying. I've heard it. I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> I think that's all I've got for this week. I I got one little thing. Oh, It'll be momentary. My God. Go ahead. So, you know. Leanne and I, we have busy schedules, you know, like we're not always together watching stuff, you know, so I watch some things when, you know, I got my time, she watches some things when she has her time. Leanna, the mad lad that she is, has decided to go on the Naruto journey. What? I don't know you're married to a fucking crazy person. <laughs> and it's just like in background stuff, you know, like she's, she watches a couple of, because I think she, her and her brother, her and Joe watched it growing up oh, here okay. and there, but she, it's just on Netflix. She's just been watching it. I've been walking into the room, catching like a random episode, mm-hmm. and it like it's you know it, it's it's Naruto. It's it's the you know the first not the first season problem, but like you can see because I'm coming in at different points of like from different seasons, and I can see the progression of the show and the writing and the characters. It's very interesting just to like pop in for a random episode, and you know and just bounce out. And what a show! It has such a look to it of it, the time. It has a yeah very distinct look. It has a look in the comedy, like just the the writing style. It's like, wow, this is so '90s. Like, it's it's crazy, and like, it's I'm not saying it's bad. I haven't seen enough to call it that. She's loving it. She's enjoying it. Like her, you know, like <laughs> the Naruto memes that we send each other now. And it's like, all right, that's Naruto. It's it's really funny. So it, it's just this random little like a micro feather I have in my cap now. You know, just watching it with her periodically. I'm and trying it's, to think of how many episodes there are of Naruto. I think it's not quite like One Piece, but it's up there, man. And it's I told her that. There. And she was like, eh, when I get through it, I get through it. No, I mean, no, I was kidding. Like, <laughs> I love it. There's no hate on it. It's just like, it's such an endeavor. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I would have to, yeah. But like, then again, like, to, you know, to that point, it is nice to have like a show to just have on. Yeah. Like, you know, without like crazy amounts of investment because it yeah. is frustrating sometimes. You're like, oh, I have all these things to watch, but like, I got to watch them properly. I gotta mm. sit down, phone down, like pay attention, because then you just like you end up missing kind of the like the old habit of like flicking through channels on cable TV growing up and just like yeah. having shit on in the background. Yeah, um, you kind of miss that when all everything you watch is on demand. Well, so, it's I funny because because she has been watching it like you know like the you know the all the telcos, all the information we're receiving now is all Naruto based, like all our ads and whatnot and the, and the Instagram videos. And so we see snippets of like, I'll see like a fight scene and I'll be like, Holy fuck. That is, that's Naruto. And it's like, I'm excited. I'm excited. when it gets crazy moments. Oh yeah, for sure. And that's the thing. It's, you know, I, I, she's pretty deep in it now. I'd have to go back and rewatch it. I'm going to have to start like reading recaps of what happens. Mm -hmm. And she'll just talk, there'll be a new character. Oh yeah, that's, that's Rock Lee. She's like, yeah, fucking, you know, I love this guy or Kakashi. And she's like throwing off these names and I'm like, what? Okay, Grant. (laughs) Yeah, I love it. It's, it's really fun. It's been fun just being like in the, 
in the backseat watching 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 her enjoy it. It's pretty cool. That is funny. Naruto. I wonder yeah. if anybody listening is a big Naruto fan. If you are, hit us up. I, I she might be the only person I know who who's actually watching it. So I'm curious to hear her thoughts. Well, I'll. Uh, she'll, I'm sure she'll let you know. <laughs> yeah. I think that's it for this week. Mm-hmm. Is it? Yeah, nothing, nothing more. Left. Nothing okay. more. It was a it was a busy week, man. Vacation. No, I got no, lots vacation. of time. No, no, no. You gotta you gotta watch all your shit. I'm excited mm-hmm. to see or hear rather your thoughts on both Loki and mm-hmm. Tokyo Revengers, and maybe to your eternity if you catch count them. count on to your eternity <sighs> catch up to yeah. action pack next week. Just like busy this week. week. Okay, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Um, if this is your you know your first time listening, we're also covering uh, the current My Hero Academia season five arc. It's on hiatus this week, which is why we're here early this week with the post show. Um, feel free to like, comment, subscribe, follow the podcast on every and any social media platform that you feel comfortable with and do the relevant social media thing on the social media platform. Okay, thank you for listening. See you next week. Bye, guys. Cheers.